This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hello, listeners. I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to once again join me here live on the Contact Talk Radio Network with my show, Living Fearlessly. Uh, pretty somber day, and I want to say thank you to Cameron Steele, my friend and the network owner, for kindly switching out my normal intro music to uh, accommodate the fact that this is a somber day for all of us, a day of reflection, a day of gratitude, and uh, grateful for everybody who has sacrificed in the line of service for our freedom for our country. Um, so I just uh, I just want to also say that there's no coincidences. So today we are joined by uh, all my guests to date have been very lovely, uh, very stellar in their own right. Uh, this, however, is probably one of my most profound, if not most profound, poignant interviews. I am joined today by Tima Curdy. Uh, we listenership expands to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. So before turning it over to unscripted dialogue, as I always do with my guest, Tima Curdy, I'm just going to um, let it be known a little bit about Tima and why it was very important for me to have this opportunity to connect with Tima. So Tima Curdy is the aunt of Alan Curdy the Syrian toddler whose lifeless body was photographed on the shores of a Mediterranean beach last September. The picture spread across the globe and jarred the world into responding to the Syrian refugee crisis. In the wake of the photograph, the Canadian government committed to taking in tens of thousands of displaced Syrians, a pledge that paved the way for the Kurdish family arrival in late December. As a result of this multi-layered, multifaceted tragedy, Tima has shifted in her own life and has sprung into taking massive action to not only keep the spirit and memory of her nephew, Alan Curdy, alive and very much at the forefront of everyone's minds and hearts by speaking publicly, openly, candidly to newsmakers on the TED Talk stage, W5, and to anyone else who will listen, 
but as well, Tima is committed to her personal plight and mission of connecting and resonating with our younger generation of future thought leaders, activists, and agents of change, so as to foster and bridge much-needed change for matters of fundamental importance, such as awareness, inclusion, equality, humanity, lessening, and hopefully eradicating the gap between the haves and the have-nots of our society. Tima has been fiercely driven and committed to connecting with others so as to launch the Curdy Foundation, a foundation that assists refugee children in the name and memory of three-year-old Alan Curdy, Alan's five-year-old brother, Galeb, and their mother, Rahana, leaving behind the children's father, Abdullah, who survived. This family, which had paid human smugglers to take them from Turkey to Greece, not knowing that their boat would capsize. Tima and her brother, Abdullah Kurdi, have said that the goal is to open the foundation in Canada, where Tima now lives while her brother is living in Kurdistan. Welcome to my show, Living Fearlessly, Tima. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, it's an honor, and I just want to thank you very much for taking time out of uh, all the work that you're doing right now and the, the ongoing healing uh, that you and your family are embarking upon. And obviously from our discussion that we had last week privately for about an hour and a half, which again, I'm very grateful for your time. It was just really lovely to get the essence of who you are as a person. Um, you know, for you to have kindly shared with me very candidly how this has impacted you and your family. Um, I think you're a phenomenally courageous woman. And I think the fact that you have taken something which is a private matter, which has morphed into a very global matter um, and everybody having a window into the darkest time in your life for the fact that it would be understandable uh, for you to lack the energy or the gumption or the anything to be able to do what you're currently doing. Um, I have immense, immense respect for you uh, that you're taking your biggest moment of darkest darkness and turning it into something bright for other people and to get the message out there. So what I would like to ask you, Tima, is what is the message here? My message, um, I always uh, say from really from the day one after the tragedy, it's uh, the world needs a wake up call and, uh, from all the pain was built up on me, uh, I, and I couldn't really save uh, this family, basically, my own family, the boys. And I thought to my mind, there is thousands of others, this real struggle in their life, and nobody really hear about them. So it's it's to add our voice, to reach out to the others. Mm-hmm. To plant the seed of hope in people's mind and heart. To, to, to come together and live peacefully and, uh, for a better future. Mm-hmm. And this is what my message, this is what I'm trying to, uh, to plant that seed and water it slowly, slowly and watch it grow beautifully. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope I could do this. That's why uh, I decided I find my voice. And uh, I know uh, our voices matter. Mm-hmm. And um, 
do not fear. Fear will make us quiet. Mm-hmm. Our voice will make us strong and can be heard. Absolutely. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. since the timing of this unfortunate tragedy, what have you managed to uh, to accomplish thus far in terms of interfacing with people, whether it be at the political level, whether it be uh, returning to um, the country where people are still disenfranchised, people are still operating from a place of lack of support, lack of basic needs. Um, what have you managed to accomplish so far? Whose attention have you gotten that would be pivotal to transform this tragedy into hopefully something outside of what's already happened as a result of that photograph? I mean, that opened up the floodgates for our government stepping in uh, and and helping people. refugees from Syria. So what do you feel, uh, what do you feel has resonated with people that you've been trying to truly connect with who are in a position to make change? Well, in the, in the beginning of, uh, last September, last year, after really the tragedy, um, when I start, you know, adding my voice and, and tell the world, like, I want to scream enough is enough, uh, um, we don't have to wait for the tragedy to happen until we take action. That time, I felt um, my voice being heard. Uh, politician promise uh, they want to do something, and it did. It did for a few months in the beginning. Um, border were open, refugee brought to Canada, uh, lots of promises, but. Uh, slowly, slowly start to fade and uh, you feel it's getting worse, it's not getting any better. And that's what make me feel uh, sometimes so upset and uh, watching this news coverage that people are desperate and they they still um, taking that journey, still people are dying. And... Um, in the political um, uh, solution, I don't think they're making so much effort to to end this conflicts. And um, all what we hear, it's about refugee crisis, refugee crisis, refugee crisis. You know how how much it hurt me. Uh, this kind of word. We're talking about people. Mm-hmm. People are people. They have no choice. And they've been driven from their home by force. And we have the responsibility um, to help them. Mm-hmm. And the responsibility we have, if we're going to um, support one part of the war, so we have to take those responsibility and, and open the door, keep our door open to those innocent people who has nothing to do what's going on in 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 politic or or um whatever the reason is in the war so they have the right the refugee have the right to be protected and i will continue to be their voice and i will put all everything i can to talk um and put, be their voice mm-hmm. and to help them 
Well, and mm-hmm. what you, one of the things we talked about many things when we had the opportunity to speak last week. And, uh, one of the things that I hope resonated with you, Tima, we know that, you know, although this has affected you personally and uh, I mean, tragedy among tragedy and, uh, you know, three losses at once. And, you know, again, as I cited in my intro, it's a multi-layered, multifaceted, uh, tragedy. You know, um, <clears throat> however, when we talked about when you spoke about this being your plight, this being your your mission and how you've automatically just at the gut level, at the heart level, at the core level, something just transformed in you, something just majorly shifted that said, you know what? No matter how long this may take, no matter how many people I get on board, no matter how many people deem this to be, you know, old news, it's not currently being rerun. It's the face of, of my nephews and my sister-in-law. You know, people are losing traction with the story and the, the bigger picture of what the story represents and what needs to change as a result of the loss and the carnage and it being a bigger global scale type issue. Um, but when you talked about the foundation and when you, you know, all the things that I've researched about you, what you and I spoke about on the phone, you know, you're taking your message everywhere. And I would be remiss if I didn't use this opportunity to publicly thank our mutual friend, Adam Greenberg. Um, Adam has always been near and dear to my heart. He's a human humanitarian. He's always had his hands in all kinds of initiatives, uh, helping people, the disenfranchised, the oppressed, the marginalized. And I just want to reaffirm for you, Tima, as much as you might feel on different days discouraged or pessimistic uh, or shattered emotionally, spiritually, um, you know, for the people who are rallying behind this, nobody's going away. You know, for the Adams, for the Lisas, this isn't just a radio interview. It doesn't start and stop here. I've, I've told you that. I've promised you my commitment on that. And I will use all my platforms, all my resources, all my contacts. And we've discussed a little bit more behind the scenes, some of those additional contacts, which I think might take this to a higher level for you. Um, you know, please know you're not alone. You know, I know it might feel like that and I know it might feel like no, and, and we can't, I can't profess to understand, uh, the degree and the depth of your loss and your hurt and your daily struggle. Um, but I just want you to know that in spite of some of the resistance you feel you're, uh, encountering or the deaf ears or the people who have turned the page on the news, um, there are people like Adam Greenbergs and myself, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people that I don't even know that you're connected to that have pledged to you, we're here for you, okay, for the greater good of all, because that's what we're here to do. It's the collective. Thank you. I appreciate that. I believe I believe in there is lots of lots of people out there um, that have a big heart and they're willing to help. And, um, you know, I really am grateful um, for everything, uh, all the people who contact me and, um, they are behind me and they always give me the, the strength that, um, keep going. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we need to keep talking Tima. Like I have messages from all over the world, different languages that they want me to keep going, to talk about this, to, to, to help the others. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, um, uh, I really am really happy that I connected with uh, Adam Greenberg. Um, he is, he showed me, um, you know, um, the big heart. Yes. Uh, I felt, I felt this is what I need. I, I need people like, I felt I have that heart that waking me up every night to tell me, wake up, Tima, wake up. There is a voice inside me. It's telling me to keep going. I can, sometimes I don't, I don't understand that voice. All what I can say, there is a mission ahead of me. There is something I want to continue to do, um, to find hope, to find, to find, um, uh, like any, uh, like the foundation, an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I put it in my Facebook page one day after I returned from Kurdistan, you know, being in a refugee camp, there is no one, nobody will really understand what is mean until you actually be there and talk to these people, see it in yourself. It's completely different if you watch it just from TV or you hear it in the radio. It's mm-hmm. so much different. I I come back as a different person. Why those children has to live? like this mm-hmm. we are so lucky to live in this country here look at our children look what they have mm-hmm. we our children are crying about what my next uh, a new ipad i gonna have what my next in iphone i gonna have really mm-hmm. this is what we what we have here i feel those kids those children over there they need our voice, like me, Adam, like you, everybody else. Mm-hmm. They need us. They need us to connect together. Yes, they do. They to to deliver what they want, to be heard, to be to be fed, dress up warm. We need we need each other. Mm-hmm. That's why, from last my last visit, my brother Abdullah. He keep telling me, those refugee children, they are my family now. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I want to do the rest of my life to honor my, my, my boys, my family, mm-hmm. what I couldn't give them when they were alive. I want wow. their name to give and to be remembered forever and ever. Wow. So I know he could, he could not do it uh, where he is right now in Kurdistan. And I promise him, he's still grieving. Mm-hmm. He, nobody know. I was shocked myself to see him after one, one year, even though I talked to him every day. I was shocked to see him really, really um, heartbreaking to see him still have a nightmare, still talk about his children. Um, he really need help, mm-hmm. but he is with the refugee shoulder and you can see him smiling. You can see him that he see his family, um, in those children's eyes. And the only way to honor them, it's by financially to mm-hmm. deliver something for them. So I said to him, I said, 
I am nobody. I don't know how I can help you. I will go back to Canada. And there is majority of people all over the world, they have a big heart. And I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to ask them, please connect with me. And uh, I need your help to, to help my brother to help those children in refugee camp. And um, when Adam Greenberg, she contacted me, I was um, almost uh, didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Because he come from his warm heart. He he come to me and, and let's do a team. And, you know, the tra- your tragedy, it's, it's my tragedy too. Wow. And, and I want to be there for you no matter what it take, um, financially, emotionally, anything you want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's what I really need. I, mm-hmm. I need a person like him. And we still need help, of course, you know. And um, I'm glad, I'm happy that uh, God heard my, my wish. God heard my, um, when I asked him, sent me the good people. To help, to do good in, in this world. And, um, we are, we are starting right now. And, you know, we have the website right now set up and, uh, our lawyer, you know, uh, working, uh, with the paper. It's mm-hmm. gonna take time, of course, to officially, um, establish. But, uh, when I talk to my brother Abdullah mm-hmm. in the phone, I can feel him that his voice is changed. He can actually talk to me and listen. It's uh, way different than before when he has, he doesn't have the energy to talk to me. He likes to text mostly. Now he want to listen. What, what next? And um, God willing that uh, he has hope. I can feel him. He changed. I give him hope. Beautiful. And so again, well, I told Adam, I said to Adam, I said, uh, um, we, I, I have more to do. I, I have that, that voice in my heart that's keeping me to, to continue. Um, I want to start in BC here, uh, going in, uh, talking to university student, uh, high school student and, um, to, to, to do it also across Canada, hopefully. Why I choose the, the students? Because I believe those young generation, they are our future mm-hmm. and they can make a difference. I need to talk to them. I need to, from my personal experience, I want them to, to take action, to add their voice. I want to tell them, do not fear. No matter what happened in our life, fear is not going to make us strong. Mm-hmm. And um, I want them, I want them to, I want to inspire them. So, and I believe in them. They will make a difference in this world. So that's why I'm hoping to do it, uh, starting from BC and mm-hmm. across Canada. I'll be honored to stand in front of those students and inspire them. If it's uh, from a hundred children, 
or from 100 uh, students, if I can inspire just one person, that will be very good for me. Well, I hope you know, Tima, that you've already obviously inspired more than one person. And by spreading your message and, you know, people like the Adam Greenbergs and thank goodness for them, you know, and I'm so glad that your partnership with Adam and uh, his stepping up and stepping in, which is what we need from everybody, because there are certainly more Adam Greenbergs in this world than not, uh, not to negate how special Adam is in his own right. He's a very mm-hmm. unique individual with a very unique heart. Uh, but this is the fundamental core belief that I always try to go back to when you hear about different things in the news that do unfortunately perpetuate fear, do perpetuate hate or all these other unfortunate things where it puts the pressure on us, the people who are are committed fiercely every single day to rise above that, to not buy into that, to not consume that. Um, and so it does add an additional layer of pressure to try and stay ahead of the curve when you talk about the global sphere of the dark aspects and the bad news. And, and as you said, you know, not taking a proactive standpoint. Unfortunately, people get propelled into taking massive action on the heels of something that should never have happened in the first place. You know, people should never have gotten to a point in this case of feeling desperate enough to get on a boat, you know, to pay people to smuggle them, to go to safety, to acquire basic needs uh, that every human being here has the right to have and to not have to fight for every single day for crumbs. Uh, or to fight for their place or to fight for their voice. And so, you know, that's a very, very crucial point, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. most people who aspire to do something where it requires taking a moment, a place of darkness and turning it into brightness, unfortunately, that comes on the heels of something already having happened. And I understand you're trying to proactively connect with the younger generation, with as many people as possible to eradicate <coughs> To reverse this, this needs to be reversed. Yes, yes. You know, a tragedy is part of who we are uh, in the reality of the world. It's like it's happening every day. We've seen it. We hear it in, TV, in you know, in the radio and on TV. It, tragedy is happening every single day. But the thing is, um, you know. Uh, we get used to it because it's not our reality. And that's why I want to tell the people or the student, the tragedy is happening. I want you to, to reach out and add your voice. If it's um, go to your friend, go to your neighbor, go to your community and ask, how can I help we have to we have to get together we have to put all our strong voices together to make it happen to make a change if it's if it's in your own community in your country if it's uh, somewhere um beyond or far where is refugee they are struggle anything you your heart feel that you have the power to change somebody else's life, go for it. Absolutely. You know, we need, we need to, to, to form a strong, um, a strong 
people together mm-hmm. and um, fear why would why we have to live in fear why do we have to talk about different religion different people people to me people are people we yes. all no matter where we come from no matter what religion we are we all have the same soul mm-hmm. we are a human being we deserve to live uh, peacefully happy and together yes. care for each other mm-hmm. and if we can we can bond and reach out and one will tell the other person to come together to be uh, to open their heart how are we going to live you know separate and oh i don't know my neighbor i i don't talk to my neighbor i don't know i don't get involved in the community how are we going to bring more hope to our life if we don't do those kind of stuff Absolutely. And we need, we need more than ever. The culture that we live in right now, we more than ever need to unify. You know, it, it has to be a united front and it has to be lessening and potentially eradicating that gap of the haves and the have nots because we are all connected. We are all one. We all, I believe as a human being, we all have the inherent responsibility, whether we know people personally or not to roll up our sleeves. And when we recognize that people are in darkness or they're in a drastic time of need, it doesn't matter whether we're related to them. It doesn't matter if we live in the same country as them. It doesn't matter if we speak their language. It is our inherent responsibility as a human being to advocate for everybody who needs help. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And if we don't, if we don't do this, then who's gonna hear about um, people struggle? Like, if I see um, an example, if I'm gonna see one of my friends, um, just uh, I don't. Why I should say friend? Actually, my person and my my own family. They're still grieving and part of their grief, some decide they want to lock themselves in the house and they don't want to talk to anybody. Like my, my brother, the father who lost his entire family, Abdullah, mm-hmm. he decided he want to be at home and in his bedroom, lock himself and for a long time. Mm-hmm. How can I actually, it took me a while, of course, mm-hmm. took me a year to to help him come out from that darkness but i i it took time because the distance between us now if i don't reach out to him and talk more what do you want how can i help you how can i make you feel there is hope there is a future and you have to continue maybe he said why i, I didn't die i said maybe god put you there for uh, let you to survive for a purpose mm-hmm. and you feel that the the children in the refugee camp they are your family now so why we don't maybe create the honor your children and create this foundation an example mm-hmm. and i can tell right away it's like no matter what i said before he doesn't want to listen but the minute I said to him about the foundation, his eyes light up. Beautiful. So 
I'm trying to help him to come from that darkness. I'm, it, I'm trying to do whatever it takes. I have to put the voice. I have to talk about tragedy is happening in our daily life. We need to talk about it. We need to help. We need to reach out to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if those are students, an example, they have uh, a friend, doesn't have a friend, always alone, and they don't know why. Nobody will ask. But if you don't ask, how would you know why he doesn't have a friend? Mm-hmm. You should reach out to him and ask. Be close to this friend because it could happen to you one day. You need other people's help. This is how I look at it. Absolutely. We all need, we all need each other one day. If it's going to be in, in my opinion, um, from the war, people uh, flee their home, my people. Imagine yourself one day. You have to flee from disaster, from from uh, danger, from war, what would you expect the other mm-hmm. to do for you? Mm-hmm. So we have to think it could happen to us one day Absolutely. and we need everybody's help. Very That's true. That's how we have to look at it, right? That's how we get um, to, re- uh, to talk to people, to mm-hmm. remind them. Well, I, there's a couple things I want to say uh, to you, Tima. Um, you know, this is why in the short time that I've come to uh, know you to the degree that I know you, uh, that I have immense respect for you and people with the same abominable spirit um, and what you're now infusing in terms of hope and a bright light into your brother. Uh, when you talk about his eyes now lighting up as a result of the foundation and him now understanding why he is perhaps alive, why he did survive that tragedy. And, um, you know, when you cited sentences ago that, you know, it took you a year to come around I just want to impress upon you, Tima, you know, this is why, to me, you're a leader. This is what embodies leadership, you know, because when you say a year, there are people who would, you know, in, in, and I, everybody's pain is relevant to them. Every, you know, and so it's not about comparing one person's pain to another person's pain, because whether you're talking about something as magnified as the degree of loss that you and your family have personally endured, or you're talking about a personal crisis in someone else's life, which with time, with therapy, you know, perhaps they can move mm-hmm. on. And, and it's, you know, it, so I'm trying to put this into a bit of perspective here. However, you know, for what you have gone through, you know, when you talk about it took me a year, there are some people who, by comparison, have not, uh, would never be able to fathom what it is on this scale to have lost their family. And, and yet, they would never bounce back from this. It just would, you know, it would just take them down. It would just leave too much of a scar. Um, you know, the pain would be too overwhelming. And I don't say any of this to minimize the pain that you would feel on a, on a daily ongoing basis. But the fact that you have gone deep within yourself 
and even to be that extra anchor of support to your brother. I mean, you know, this goes back to what I've said before, who takes care of the caregiver. So the fact that, you know, you probably being very internally intrinsically strong, I mean, that that speaks volumes. It's obviously in you already, and now it's been forced to come out. Um, you know, there's probably because you are the strong person, you know, you're you're running around, you know, doing your work with these children, interfacing with the people like Adam Greenberg to get this foundation up and running and to make it a legal thing uh, where people mm-hmm. can contribute. You know, you're reaching out to politicians, you're taking the stage, you're going into high schools, you're going into universities, you're you're trying to be that anchor of support, as I mentioned to your brother. I mean, you know. I have just so much immense respect for you. I mean, most people would be pulling the covers up and it wouldn't be a year. It could be potentially the rest of their lives and saying, oh, my God, this is just too big for me. My loss is too big. I wouldn't even know where to begin. They wouldn't even necessarily be thinking about foundation. They wouldn't necessarily be thinking about taking the story to the masses to provoke and instill change, to perpetuate necessary change. So, you know, please go easy on yourself, Tima, when you talk about things like, you know, it took me a year and, you know, I I mean, you're a shiro, you know, I can't even begin to know that if I was in your circumstances, whether I would have that kind of inner strength to even get up. You know? Yes, it's, it's, it's not easy, uh, Lisa, it's not easy, um, you know, uh, part of, I'm still grieving, it's part of my grief. Yes, the, I have kind of, um, uh, something, uh, inside my heart, and it's pushing me to make me strong. And mostly, mostly the pain was built up before, uh, my family's gone, before they drowned. That pain when I was uh, trying, um, to help them to, for a better future, for a safe place, uh, uh, maybe to bring them here uh, to Canada. Um, sometime I think about Ghalib. He's in the age now where he can go. It's okay, Tima. Take your time. We're with you, Tima. It's, it's about, you know, trying to give them a better life before. I did a try. That's why sometimes I feel guilty, you know. Um, I couldn't help them. I couldn't. I tried, but I couldn't. So that's why when you you say, I feel, you know, you, you feel I'm strong. Deep down, I feel I'm weak. No. But I keep going. I keep going just to, to, uh, to, to save the others, to honor my family that when I couldn't help my own family, I said, let's help the others. Mm-hmm. And that's why it keep me moving. That's why I want to continue. Uh, from this tragedy, from, from this suffering, from, 
I don't know what else to say. I think that's what keeps me moving. That's what keeps me moving to, to, to have hope. And that's why I didn't stop. I, I don't really sleep at night. I, I always wake up in the middle of the night and thinking, why inside my heart need to do more and more and more? I'm tired. I, I don't know what next. And again, the answer will come back to me. I'm talking to myself, of course, and the answer will be for the others. Mm-hmm. For the others. Alan Kurdi was a wake-up call to the world. Mm-hmm. And he did not have a voice. I want to be the voice. I want to tell the, 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 the world about the suffering, not just about Syria, not just about, um, you know, about refugee all mm-hmm. over the world who are struggle. Even our people here in Canada, if they are struggle, mm-hmm. we have to, we have to get, get together. We have to live with love and kindness and and passion mm-hmm. and we have to bring this i grew up where my dad um tell us a story as a young kids about always keep um helping the other people who need our help we went through um we went through a lot in in growing up in my home like an example the war when people flee from Lebanon, war from Iraq, and I, I seen it. I seen it how my dad used to tell us, those people need our help. It, it's grow on me. This is how my dad always tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's behind me. Sometime I phone him, I, I, I cry to him, and I said, I am... I'm doing everything what I can, and I'm trying to help all my family. My two sisters are still in Turkey. They are refugee. The same story. I still send them money to pay the rent. Um, my other sister in Germany. I keep telling my dad, look at you. When I going to see you again? Where is this big family going to get together again? Mm-hmm. He, he keeps telling me, forget about what hurt you, but never forget what taught you. Mm-hmm. Look around you. I am so proud of you, and I want you to continue. Beautiful. So it's not easy, Lisa. It's not easy. We, I'm still grieving, and you know, I, I don't show it to nobody. But part of the grieving, um, my heart is actually inside me. Are happy that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing the positive effect from the tragedy. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it slowly. I'm glad I planted, you are. I, I planted the seed uh, last year, the seed of hope. I planted it, mm-hmm. and I keep watering it every day slowly. So the first thing grow is it's my voice mm-hmm. to keep going and talking. That the foundation we are doing it right now. And that's why I want to tell people, no matter what your situation is, we all, we all have struggle. We all have 
um, you know, we all struggle in our life, mm-hmm. but no matter what it is, in the same time, we all put in, we, in this earth for a purpose, but we don't know when and how we're going to use it mm-hmm. uh, and use our power for something. Mm-hmm. And I believe everybody has a power in something. It could be in anything, anything like who I am, how, how who, who thought that, that I could do something. I'm just a hairstylist. All what I know, it's um, how to cut hair. I love what I've been, I do, but you know, after 25 years doing hair, I don't know why I'm not into that anymore. My heart is telling me for the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to help the other people. I want to inspire people that from a tragedy, sometimes hope can, can, can grow and, um, from tragedy, we can learn and understand, um, you know, there is hope. Mm-hmm. Life can be saved and everyone can be part of it. And Absolutely. our voice, and our voices can be heard. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things I'd like to say, Tima, uh, bearing in mind, unfortunately, because time always goes way too fast, particularly when it's this kind of show with this kind of mm-hmm. guest. And uh, we're definitely, as I mentioned to you when we had the opportunity to speak last week, this won't be the first and last time that you'll be on radio because I know there's going to be momentous updates uh, with regards to the foundation before we uh, part ways on the show here. We're definitely going to plug the foundation if you feel comfortable to do so, because I know it's in its infancy terms here, its infancy phase. So to the degree that you want to uh, make mention of the website before we uh, say goodbye to our listening audience, we'll definitely get to that. But what I want to say, I want to go back to what you said not that long ago about, you know, feeling guilty. And, you know, it's very easy for me on the outside here to tell you not to feel guilty. And I hope that you get to a place at some point in your healing journey where you realize that one, you're a human being. This is a much bigger issue. This is a tragedy that you could not have prevented. I mean, there's, we are empowered individuals, but let's be honest here. There's, there's only so many things that are within our control. So when you're talking about the tragedy and you talk about the unnecessary, unfortunate, uh, despicable circumstances that would have even had to put your family on that boat in the first place. Um, there was a whole host of things that were sequentially lined up as, as unfortunate as it is that you, you had no control over Tima. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I really hope that you get to a point again, because it's easy for me to say you have no reason to feel guilty. Um, but more importantly than what anybody says outside of yourself, it's something that you have to embrace. It's something that you have to accept and it's something that you have to let go of. But I'm here to tell you, Tima, that, um, you know, what you're doing now, what you're choosing to focus your energy on now as you continue to, uh, grapple with your own healing process, which I think for something like that, I think you're going to be healing to the day you die. I just think that that's the way that it is. Does the pain perhaps start to lessen a little bit? Yes. Does the void 
I don't believe it does. Uh, so however this uh, manifests for you in terms of your healing journey, I just feel very confident in knowing, again, and I, I really want you to feel, uh, I really want you to believe this. This is not lip service. You know, you've got the Adam Greenbergs, you've got myself, you've got a whole host of other people that are going to continue to step up, who are going to continue to step in. This is an important play. This is one that you're going to have ongoing opportunity to utilize my platforms, my radio to come back on and show people the momentous updates of what's happening to, to deal with this issue and to, to make people aware, to wake people up and to show to the degree that positive, instrumental, necessary change has been navigated. And so for what you're doing to spearhead this, um, you know, and, and again, to feel comfortable. Did you, do you want to share the website, the foundation information where people can connect or is it too premature at this point? Um, yes, actually we have the website uh, set up right now. Yeah. It's www.curdyfoundation.com. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, there is a, uh, where you can go and visit and read a little bit more about it and uh, in the process, of course, uh, um, to be legally set up. And um, there is some, if people want to volunteer or get involved or anything, you know, we really need um, uh, people's help. Why not? And uh, I'm sure uh, there is hope, mm-hmm. not just for, for us, but in general to all the people who need our help. Absolutely. And if I can be so bold, Tima, because, again, I'm cognizant of of time, so we're going at about five minutes left here. But I Mm -hmm. would like to be so bold as to correct you on something. Before this tragedy even happened, you were not just a hairdresser. You are a strong woman. Maybe you didn't realize to the degree that you're strong until this tragedy catapulted you into that direction and made you have to really go deep within to really pull that out of yourself. Um, but I don't believe any person is just something. And I believe internal dialogue is very important because as we spoke about on the phone earlier uh, or later last week, we are in our heads 24-7. So the way we dialogue with ourselves to keep ourselves inspired, to keep ourselves going, to keep ourselves optimistic and all those things that we need to endeavor to do the kinds of monumental things that you're doing, and I want to remind you, not alone, um, you know, you're not just is it, it that falls into limiting belief type talk. And for what you're endeavoring to do, that's not synonymous. You are a powerhouse. You are a thought leader. You are a beautiful woman uh, inside and out. Um, you're doing amazing things. And that will only continue in your journey going forward. And, um, you know, just, you know, it's hard to sometimes see ourselves for how we really are. But from an outsider looking in, Tima, you've got it going on. You know, you've got, you've got the heart, you've got the soul, you've got the spirit, and please believe you have the infrastructure of support that's only going to continue to increase and grow. So please, I hope if anything, you remember what I've said here for the tough times when you're on your own and you're crying and you don't feel like getting up or you feel like, you know, things aren't moving fast enough or whatever the case may be, because you're going to have those days. I, I understand that. Uh, but please know the Adams and the Lisas and the listeners and everybody else who feels your pain, who feels for you uh, and only wants to to delve in with you and do what we can 
Um, you're not in this alone. So please know that, Tima. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, yes, I do um, keep telling myself uh, when right. I hear people like you right now, what a beautiful, kind, good-hearted person. Like, you know, when I hear this, it's actually give me uh, more power to move on more. And that's what I need. And I think people, good people like you, like Adam, like the listener, um, the people actually who give me the strength to keep going. And if it's not them, I won't be here today. Really. I mean it. I I understand that. I really, truly do. And so, Tima, I want to, again, unfortunately, being cognizant of time, I just want to say how honored I am um, and how grateful I am for you taking time out of your morning. Uh, And when I say morning, I'm talking about not morning as in day. I'm talking about your grieving uh, to join us here and to impart your wisdom and to share with us the bigger message and to give people an opportunity to donate, whether it be their time, whether it be financially, whether it be, uh, you know, clothing, whatever it is, food, anything that people can imagine would be required on an ongoing basis for this type of um mission for this type of necessity so Mm -hmm. we're going to maintain contact i'm going to probably continue to get updates from adam and uh i look forward to one day meeting you in person i look forward to having you back on radio and i look forward to having behind the scenes on the phone conversation to help you through this uh just as one fellow woman one fellow human being to another so tima i want to thank you again for your time i want to thank the loyal listeners for taking time out of your day particularly on remembrance day um for joining myself and for my lovely guest, Tima Curdy. Tima, can you just once again please let it be known what the foundation website is, how people can find you? www.curdyfoundation.com. And it was my pleasure, uh, Lisa, um, to have me and um, hopefully we'll continue, yes. And um, That's a definite yes. It's not a hopeful. It's a definite <laughs> Yes, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and, uh, you know, uh, we'll go from there. We absolutely will. This is just the, the beginning, hope. Tima. Just the beginning, yes. okay? Yes. So again, absolutely. listeners, Tima, uh, the, the radio network, Cameron Steele, Lucia, who worked very hard behind the scenes for the loyal listeners who tune in every Friday to my show, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Want to thank you again, uh, for joining us, uh, for getting value out of this, for your ongoing positive feedback and your testimonials as to how guests and what we've spoken about has helped you shift, has helped you get off the fence in your own life. So I look forward to reconnecting with you again next Friday here at 8 a.m. Pacific on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Wish everybody all my best, as I always do. Love and gratitude to you all. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. For more information about Lisa, go to her website, lisamcdonald.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.